Synchronizing with the world around us means you're no longer swimming upstream. Every month, we examine concepts of ebb and flow. Understanding the timing of each makes the difference between constantly getting knocked down or finally arriving at the other side of the ocean. To connect with the world around us, we use ancient tools like seasons, nautical star maps, constellations, and lunar phases to reframe time and chart our course to a different outcome. And from this place, we begin. Seventh house, Libra. So the archetype of Libra examines the concept of scales. Scales as in not on a fish, but scales as in weighing something, right? So has a lot to do with assigning value. So the archetypical energy is very much about mastery, balance, and assigning value. Libra is ruled by Venus. So there is this goddess-like element of life, art, beauty, balance that it calls for. So from an archetypical standpoint, moving away from the patriarchal zodiac concept of what Libra is, if we think about the concept of goddess or Venus as a ruler, and we think about the concept of mastery, meaning effortlessness, right? Easy means without strife, with the lift of a finger. There's no tears. There's no gnashing of teeth. There's a certain level of knowing. There's a regal element of it. There is knowing what's yours, stepping into what's yours. And so it is the one that is in control of assigning the value. And that's where the balance comes in. And so when I was thinking about what the archetypical translation is of the patriarchal zodiac explanation of what Libra is supposed to be, I came across the idea of an abacus, right? And so swapping out scale for abacus, because an abacus with the slide of a finger assigns value. And it is the person that controls the abacus, the master of the abacus, that assigns the value. So what if that person stepped into a goddess-like energy, a very Venus-like energy? What if Venus had an abacus? What would it look like? I would imagine it would be jeweled, semi-precious stones. Perhaps each bead would be a semi-precious stone. Whatever comes to mind, a rose quartz, an aquamarine, a topaz, an amethyst. Assigning value from that place effortlessly with the swipe of a finger. Now think about that gesture of a swipe of a finger. Think about how effortless that is, but how powerful it can be. So we think about now and how that translates. Abacus or the idea of abacus or assigning value through the swipe of a finger or the moving of a bead, that effortlessness. What do we do now when we assign value? What do we do now with technology with the swipe of a finger? How does that translate now? Every single thing we do, everything we do is based on the same finger, that index finger. It's a swipe. It's a click. It's a simple, simple gesture that can move mountains. It can change everything. You can buy stocks. You can buy a house. 
You can buy plane tickets with a click. Very, very, very interesting how much can be moved with such a tiny gesture. So breakthrough in this area comes from getting really, really quiet and thinking about what is the smallest amount I can move? What is the smallest gesture? Paying attention to the stillness, right? What is the smallest, most effortless amount that I can do to shift the way I assign value? So shifting the way you assign value requires mastery, requires knowing, requires that effortlessness. And it also requires assigning value to something else because seventh house is about partnerships. It's not about yourself and it's not about looking at mastering something over yourself, like mastering a language or uh, mastering an asana or mastering, you know, weight loss or gain or anything like that. It is everything to do with your reflection on someone else, right? And so that reflection on someone else is very, very powerful. I'd like to introduce the concept of a boda, right? So boda, B-O-D-A is a very interesting thing. Um, common vernacular of a boda is uh, a marriage, a union in Spanish, right? B-O-D-A. Where did that come from? Well, that came from Latin. Vota, V-O-T-A-R, V-O-T-A-R. So V and B are interchangeable and through time and how things were transcribed and pronounced and how languages came into being, V and B in Latin and Spanish were interchangeable. So the concept of a boda came from vota. So vota means to vote for. Who are you, who are you voting for? When there's a campaign, when you've got an elected official, who are you voting for? Means who are you putting your faith in, right? Who are you going to stand behind? You're going to vote for yourself? You're going to vote for someone else. And if you do vote for someone else, why? So the concept of a boda is incredible when applied to second chakra energy, when we talk about sacred contracts and relationships, right? What are you hedging your bet on, right? What are you partnering with? Who and what ideal are you anchoring at the hip over? And that is where boda comes in or that concept of a boda and that communion. So it's faith right? Meaning who am I putting my faith in? But it's much more active than just faith. It is who am I voting for, right? Who am I putting my voice behind? Who am I going to stand for? And that's fifth chakra all day, right? What are those choices? So it's both fifth chakra, which lives in the, in the throat and also second chakra, which lives in the pelvic basin. It's very, very, very powerful. It intertwines the two. So why is that powerful? Why is where we commit our energy powerful or our faith powerful? Because at the end of the day, what are you anchoring to? If you're anchoring to an ideal that doesn't serve you, which if you're stuck, that's exactly what you're doing, then that's the only way out is that you've got to take a look and examine the ideals and the ideas that you're attaching to, that you're putting your faith in. And if you find yourself stuck, and if you find yourself not moving, and if you find yourself not progressing, it's a good place to start and to look at. And so asking yourself, what version of myself am I stuck with? And who put that on me? Who put that label on me? Is it that I cannot be a yogi because I was raised a different faith? 
Is it that I cannot love somebody that's a different color because my people are not that color? Is it that my heart resonates with a different culture completely, but I won't go there because I know my family would never accept that? So it could be any of those things, any and all, right? It could be more than anything else. What do you see as possible for yourself and why? And the reason why is what you're attached to. That's your boda. That's what you're married to. That's what you're shackled to. So attachment in its truest form, in its lightest form, light meaning uh, in terms of um, purest form and what's good for you and the highest form of yourself. So attachment or commitment can be a good thing if you choose it, right? But you've got to engage with it. If you choose not to engage with it, that attachment can have a shadow element of it. And so that shadow element means not a bad thing, but it's definitely a place for examination. It's definitely a place where you can go find pieces of yourself and call back pieces of yourself. Though that's where the lessons live, in the shadows. That's where the potential growth is, in the shadows. So assigning value... finding balance in everything we do. And so balance has so many connotations, but I, I want to pull one thread of it out and talk about cadence, right? So cadence is a rhythm. It's a lockstep. It, one requires the other. If you're going to walk, your gait requires left and right and left and right, right? An equal measure for you to get to where you're going to go. If you keep, keep stepping down with your left foot, you're not going to go anywhere right? So that is the interesting part of cadence is that it requires equal in and out in order for you to achieve the middle way or in order for you to achieve balance. So with your breath work and how you mirror that and pull that into your body and manifest that philosophy is inhaling and exhaling with equal measure. So mastery, balance, and Boda. And by Boda, we mean faith or commitment. Pulling that into the body in the second, fourth, and fifth chakras. So the second chakra, pelvic floor, pelvic basin. The color vibration is orange. The ideology is partnership. It's commitment. Procreation. Movement here. So activating this body plane can activate movement. Pain in this area can also mean that there's stagnant flow here that can be moved by movement in this area. So maybe laying on the belly, pressing the belly into the floor. Maybe a prolonged upward dog, if that serves you. Or maybe just pressing the belly into the floor. Moving up through the body. Fourth chakra, heart center. There's many, many different elements of the fourth chakra, but we're going to pull out a thread of faith, love, commitment, right? And so from that place, we want to, that resonates with the color pink and uh, perhaps a rose quartz. Um, Self-love, absolutely, but also thinking about if your heart sense or your heart space or your ribs were made of rose quartz, who would you open those ribs to let in, right? 
different, very different. It's not about self-love. It's giving away. It's who you're putting your faith in. And so if you were going to give someone a token of love or a token of faith or a token of endearment, and it was this huge chunk of rose quartz that maybe lived right in your body plane of where your heart is, and it's the shape of your heart, and you could reach in and pluck in and give it away. That's what that energy is inside of the seventh house, which is Libra. And lastly, bringing that all the way up to the throat chakra. So moving past the heart chakra, right, through the upper body and the shoulders, moving up to the neck, to the throat. Finding release here means lifting the chin, right, exposing the front of the throat. The color wave that resonates here activates that chakra is blue. So blue is also a very, very protective color. In this instance, we're thinking about it in terms of choice, right? So what are the choices that are leading you to cast your vote and you cast your vote with your voice, right? And so where are you making those choices? to assign worth, to assign value, to commit to those ideals that may or may not serve you. Sit with that in your shadow work. Sit with that and ask those questions there. Releasing the chin up will expose the throat. Releasing the head back exposes the throat. Also pulls the heart center up. Right. So pushing the heart center up. So thinking of you, thinking of yourself, maybe if you're on the floor like a baby, your hands are out in front of you. Just like a baby cobra, push your pelvis into the floor. Shining your heart up, opening your throat, just look up to the ceiling and let the head fall back. And that simple, simple gesture will activate the second, the fourth and the fifth chakra. 